welcome to a brand new season of Parking the Bus. It's pod number 36 of the only fantasy football podcast that still thinks defence is better than attack. As usual, I am your host, Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend, Jack Murray. Good evening, Callum. Good evening, Jack. Boy, it's been a long time since we've said that. It has. I thought I'd carry on the tradition of me adapting my greeting depending on what time of day it is which you know really screws up anyone listening to this because you know who knows they could be listening like the dead of night and it's like well it's not evening is it you know yeah or if you're in australia or something sorry but i'm gonna keep doing it i've come too far now (laughs) well uh, according to uh anchor who uh, obviously publishes all our podcasts um we have like listeners in every country in the world and i don't sure if that's accurate or not but uh i'll roll with it for now so shout out to all our friends in uh, in egypt luxembourg and new zealand apparently as well so yeah right we're, we're international or not i don't know that, very hard to tell that was me and i was just traveling the world to make sure that you thought we had listeners traveling the world during a, a pandemic very very bold of you jack uh, <laughs> the podcast counts as essential travel <laughs> Oh, I really wish it did. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, as as mentioned, this is a brand new uh, season of the podcast. But yeah, like, yeah. Last year, if if you're brand new, this is basically what the podcast is. It's two friends talking about all things fantasy football. Generally, not having a lot of success at it, or at least one of us doesn't have a lot of success at it. One of us does, and it's called Parking the Bus because we had a grand idea that maybe defenders uh, hold the key to winning at FPL. Uh, it didn't quite work out like that last year, but we're going to have another crack at it this year and see what happens. And uh, yeah, just have some, some laughs along the way. Sound, sound good? Yeah. Uh, one big uh, addition to this season is we're going to do a lot more about Sky Fantasy Football. Uh, Jack is a self-proclaimed expert. And cool. if, uh, you don't... <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, I mean, it, it, you are. You, you you do very well on the game. You Where did you finish uh, last season? Uh, 69th. In in the whole game? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's fair to say you're you're pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully uh, this year we're going to be talking a lot more about Sky Fantasy Football. Uh, we'll probably rotate between FPL and Sky, uh, depending on what's going on in the world. Uh, you know, I mean, I've never properly played Sky, so this is going to be quite interesting. So part of it is going to be part of it of this of this pod is going to be Jack tutoring me uh, every week and explaining what on earth an overhaul is, because uh, I hear great things about it, but I don't quite know how it works. But anyway, that's all to come. We're going to do a whole Sky thing next week uh, is the plan. But today it's all about FPL, which is obviously the main fantasy game that everyone plays. Uh, we're going to be talking through our draft teams that we've got assembled, uh, players who are sort of certainly going to be there, and other players who might come and go before the deadline uh, next Friday, uh, as well as some other queries that we have uh, that we want to sort out before then. Uh, so let's just jump straight into it. Jack, run us through your team that you have at the moment for FPL. Okay, uh, so I'm just going to run you through it because we'll have loads of talking points. So my current one is uh, I'm set on three five two. Uh, in goal, uh, I've gone for two four point five rotators, uh, Sanchez and Backman. 
uh, Sanchez of Brighton, Backman of Watford. Uh, back, my back five of defenders is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Diaz, Fofana, Ben White and Luke Ayling. Uh, my midfield five is Salah, Bruno, Buendia, Rafinha, Jota, and then up front, currently, I've got Tony, Antonio, and uh, Mebude. Awokoya Mebude from Watford, who is four and a half and never going to see anything but third on the bench. As per usual, Jack, your pronunciations are spot on, I think, anyway. You make them sound very convincing, unlike me. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's a good team. Um, obviously, as you mentioned there, you're going to go sort of uh, three, five, two. Uh, as your main formation, which is kind of the anti-park-in-the-bus formation. But um, something that we found last year is it's best uh, to sort of start off really like attack-minded, like go for a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3, and then as the season progresses, revert more to a back four, and then eventually a back five uh, comes sort of squeaky bum time. Was kind of what we found. I haven't stuck to that principle because I'm going to try and make a success of park-in-the-bus. Um, so I'm preferably going to line up as a 5-4-1 or a 5-3-2, depending on fixtures. Uh, so at the moment, my team kind of looks like this. Goalkeepers, I've got uh, Guaita, uh, Palace, who of course I support. Uh, and I've just put in Ariola, obviously recently moved to West Ham. Goalkeepers, I'm quite flexible. I'm really considering like changing both of them, but we'll get onto that later. Uh, my back five at the moment, which will be my regular uh, back five. I also have uh, Trent, Diaz, and Fafana as well. Uh, I have a Luke, but it's Luke Shaw, not Luke Halen. And uh, Soufal, of course, from West Ham. Had a great season last season. He's back in. Uh, my midfield five, uh, like you, I also have Salah and Fernandez, And pretty much like everyone else who plays the game, uh, I have Salah and Fernandez. Rafinha as well is also in my team. Uh, and then I've got sort of two sort of bench fodder players, uh, Billy Gilmore and Basuma of Brighton. Um, but they will pretty much sit on the bench all the time. And then my front three, uh, I also have Tony as well, which I, again, I feel most people have Tony just to see what happens with him. Uh, I bought in one of my favourite uh, FPL players, Cannon Wilson of Newcastle. Uh, and then also to sit on the bench, I have Obafemi who's the uh, Southampton Irish striker. All in all, uh, fairly similar teams, obviously. I think we've pretty much already established which players are definitely like must-haves for the season. Um, uh, how much budget have you got left over to play with? 0.5. And I see that's interesting because I currently have 3.5 in the bank. I was thinking that when you said the team. I thought, actually, you sound like you probably got a decent amount of money left. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I think I would probably, I'm probably going to switch out uh, Basuma or Gilmore for a slightly more expensive midfielder. Um, and, may, and then that will give me some flexibility between a 3-5-2 and a, a 5-4-1 or a 5-3-2. Uh, it's very yeah. weird being five first. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do, have some flexibility there. But uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with my team, to be perfectly honest. No, I, I, sounds, I, the only thing I was wondering was whether you were going to do what I did last year and go Trent and Robbo to start off with. Did you consider it? Yeah, it was definitely considered. And then I thought that taking out one of them just offers up so many more possibilities. You know, and I think you 
if I if I bought in both of them, I'd probably have to like go to a back four as well, just to, like properly balance things out. Um, I mean, I still I still can put him in the team. I have got three point five in the bank. You know, uh, I can take out Fafana, who's my cheapest defender, and still make that work with money spare. But um, no, I think just Trent, and as rightfully pointed out, you know, Trent only got one point less than Robertson last season and played a lot less than him. So I think just the shows that he's the better option uh, when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely go Trent above Robbo. Um, like you said, actually, last season, obviously, I had Trent and Robbo, and I started in four four two, and the other two were I played two out of three, four and a halfs each week. I think it was Ailing, Charlie Taylor, and Saiz. Oh, so two four and a halfs and a five, or or something. It was definitely Ailing and and um, Saiz, um, and I hated it. It was it was a nightmare each week to try and find two four point fives to start. I just it, I don't think it works to be honest. This time I was like I I I need to play through either three at the back with two premiums and one rotating four and a half or four at the back but like Trent uh, Diaz and Chilwell or so and then one four and a half. I just I don't think two four and a half in the starting eleven works long term. I think it's basically a guaranteed at least one guaranteed two pointer a week. You'd be very fortunate if both of them returned in a week frequently, I think. Well I mean there are there are bargain like four point five defenders out there. Um yeah. if you follow us on Twitter uh, at Bus Park and FPL, I'll get that in early. Uh we've been doing a series on the best defenders from uh, each Premier League club. That'll be continuing until uh I'd say end of the week. I think we're halfway through now. Uh and there's loads of like decent 4.5 options uh, out there Uh, Wesley Profana is the obvious one that everyone's been talking about I don't understand why he's priced so low Uh, I can only assume there's been a glitch uh, somewhere and someone just forgot how good he was he was one of the players of the season last year Um, and yes Leicester's defence is not all that but still he's a nailed on starter in the fifth best team in the Premier League so to have him at 4.5 is very odd. But there's plenty of us out there. Um, ben White obviously just moved to Arsenal. Uh, I think he could have a very good year. You've mentioned a couple of Brighton assets. Obviously, Dunk is slightly more expensive uh, at five. But there's there's plenty of value out there. I think it's just if you can find someone who's guaranteed to start every week, and I think there are plenty of those options. So I'd say pick okay. one of those and sort of stick with them. Yeah, uh, four and a half is like so densely populated this year in terms of decent options. I was originally on, I sent you a draft a couple of days ago, it was originally Dunk, Loughton, and I think Ben Ben White hasn't moved in any of my drafts. That was largely down because I, I changed the rotation. I was looking at rotations because obviously I quite like to rotate. I'm rotating three, four and a halves and playing one. And um, I was like, oh, how long do I look? into the future because with the three I've got currently I've got six game weeks of like really good I think my players technically play Norwich like three times Burnley a couple of times so it's you know that's great but once it gets you know seven game week seven game week eight the rotation gets a bit naff whilst if I changed it to the Burnley player Burnley have Norwich in game week seven so obviously that's why I had Loughton because I was playing a little bit more long term so I just wanted to ask like what you think 
when you're looking for those rotations, how far in the future would you look, given that obviously some people like early wild cards or some people maybe will just swap out most of the team by the time we get to game week six anyway. So why am I looking so far ahead as game week eight? I mean, I don't tend to, to I haven't honestly like done a deep dive into the fixtures and maybe I should, because I think that plays much more of a factor. But um, I feel that I've got like a healthy balance. Like, there's a couple of teams that I think people need to avoid at least for the first five game weeks or yeah. so. Uh, most notably Crystal Palace, uh, my team. Terrible, terrible run to start Vieira's uh, uh, career off there. But uh, yeah, apart from like Brentford at home, which is our second uh, game, it's it's just all terrible. Chelsea as well, not a brilliant start. Tottenham haven't got a brilliant start either. Again, though, are some teams fixture-proof? Chelsea are probably a team that are mostly fixture-proof. Tottenham maybe not. You know, it's 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 difficult, really. Uh, but I tend I tend I tend not to look at the fixtures too much. You know, I think that it can be very deceptive. Some you so you look at a player or a team who's got really good fixtures and go, oh yeah, guaranteed points, and like actually it doesn't work out that way all the time. Sometimes it does, obviously, but um, more often than not, I found it doesn't quite work like that. And I think at the start of the season, everything gets very muddled. Teams are not quite like fully there mentally or physically. Mm. And kind of anything can happen. Uh, and I remember we, this is why the start to last season was so crazy. And we saw, you know, results like Tottenham beating Southampton 5-2, Everton beating like West Brom 5-2. And there was, you know, all these ridiculous like score lines. Um, you know, the, the 7-2 with Villa and Liverpool, the 6-1 with Spurs and United. You know, we got so many crazy, crazy scorelines. It's it's very unpredictable. So I tend to not look at fixtures until um, I'm further into the game and I want to make a transfer on a player and I, I take it a bit more seriously then. Uh, none of that answers your question at all. <laughs> that was That's kind of my philosophy when it comes to fixtures. It's still um, interesting because mm. um, I am fixture, very fixture orientated. The one player, there's there's a couple of players who I think are being overlooked because the fixtures aren't good on paper, like you just mentioned. I think Ben Chilwell is one of them. Chelsea, who kept clean sheets against basically everyone second half of the season. Uh, and he's a long-term hold anyway, like, unless he gets injured. I don't re- wouldn't really see myself, like, selling him if I had him. Same with Diaz, same with Trent. So I think he in particular, him and Reese James, are two players that I think are kind of being overlooked just because Chelsea's start isn't the best. But I always look at the fixtures massively for my four and a half defenders because I, I I would hate to get to the point where I've got three four and a half and one of them's got United, one of them's got Chelsea and the other one's got Arsenal or something. <laughs> so that that's why I always look at the rotation. And it's just, you know, it's easier to manage over six weeks, which is why I've chosen a shorter time frame this time. Because it gets it gets really hard over a you know an eight ten game stretch to get the ideal rotations. Eventually, you'll have you know some one of your players is going to have you're going to have to start someone against Arsenal or something, um, which is less than ideal really. Um, and I was trying to think as well for people that do use rotations. When did I end up breaking up my my four and a half defenders? And it actually happened in game week two because John Egan got sent off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh so, god, that was a painful week, I tell you. Yeah. yeah. I don't did you start with him? I had Egan, yeah. I had Egan and Ramsdale. Oh yeah. 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 And I, I, I think after two game weeks I was like, this is they're going down. I'm doing <laughs> 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 Yeah. 
And you know, thankfully so, I had Martinez from the beginning, so I just you did. I stuck him in, and I, I they ever took him out uh, at all. So yeah, yeah. So that was that was my thinking was actually maybe look a bit shorter term this year because then I can opt- optimize that shorter term rotation. But then also as well, you never know what's going to happen. Luke Hayden could get injured game week two, or even dropped. You know, imagine if Leeds bought a right back late in the window or or something like that. Because even last year, I've just remembered now, I think it was Saiz, Egan, and someone else. And Saiz got dropped, was dropped by game week eight, game week nine. Mm. Um, Started off really well, if you remember, a couple of goals, quite a few clean sheets. And then then was dropped for Max Kilman at one point. So even that as well can break up your team. So yeah, I, I think, I think obviously there's some players where we are looking long term, like Bruno, at Salah. You know, unless an injury happens to them, I can't see them leaving my team for at least the first, you know, eight weeks or so. Um, but these four and a half, I'm, I think I'm going to be a bit more flexible moving them about because the value players will become apparent quite early, and, and I think it's quite important to get on those early when they become available. You know, even mm. like Calvert Lewin last season, for example, I think he was seven. He yes, he was a seven to start with, and, and that, for example, was like a clear value player from the start of the game, mm. and you know everyone was having him in by like game week four. Jump jumping on those players early is a great idea for well, one for the, your team anyway, but also for price rises because those players end up. You know, Calvert Lewin was ending up at, at eight at his peak, mm. so that's that's zero point five you could make in money there. So. I think I'll just be a bit more short-term with those players who, you know, 4.5s and stuff like that, who other players in that price range might become pretty much indispensable. And that's why I quite like having this uh, a lot of money in the bank, because if a, a player like, say, a Calvert-Lewin comes along, um, I can get him in quite early. I don't. I can be quite flexible of what I need to do, uh, which is something I've not done in the past. I've kind of like maxed out my budget and then been really stuck how to afford uh, players that I want so uh, I think again it's 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 what approach you decide to take to it some people like to have a lot of uh, spare change other people don't it's up to you really how you plan but that's uh, something I want to try and do this year is have that money in the bank so in case someone who's just out of my price range I can maybe try and get them more easily which would be good because I've got you know two very expensive midfielders and then three not so expensive ones so you know let's say um a jack Grealish type or a sancho who's you know what nine and a half yes if he starts doing really well and i want to get him in then uh, i can only just about do that so i have to have i want to make sure i have some money uh, in order to do it yeah no it's it's definitely a, a very um good point flexibility i think it kind of gets ignored by less experienced players it's actually it's what a tactic i've used in sky less so in fpl was every time i just start with the most expensive defender most expensive midfielder most expensive striker and and that way it's it's, it's easier in sky because salary etc strikers it's really hard this year because harry kane won't be an option whatever club he's at until sort of game week three four I thought he was over the. I thought he was over the uh, August curse. Uh, but he's he's not going to play, regardless of what club he's at. He's not in training yet, obviously. So, um, and I I think the next most expensive striker is, is it Vardy? Yes. Oh, uh, that is it, Vardy. Crikey. Yeah. So you know, and 
you don't want Vardy, you don't want Aubameyang, Werner. Then you look, you're looking at Werner and Firmino after that. So it, it's quite hard to do in FPL this year. So instead, I've just gone the route of most expensive defender and the two most expensive midfielders in mm. Bruno and Salah, and you, you've done the same. So at least you know you can always get some money from somewhere, as well as being obviously very good options. They're quite good cash cows in case you really need to be flexible at the start of the season. And let's talk about those two uh, for a little bit, because as mentioned before, they're two of the most owned players in the game. I think they, are, are they the most owned players in the game? Uh, um, Luke Shaw is between Salah and Fernandez. Is he really? Blimey. Luke Shaw, oh, Luke Shaw, forty-seven percent. Yeah, okay, yeah. So two first and yeah, first and third most owned players in the game at the moment. They're obviously pretty much nailed into most people's teams. Um, Salah's a very interesting one for me. I, I always go for Mane typically at the start of the season, uh, just to be different, and it's always burned me usually, especially last season where he got a hat trick in the first game. He did, yeah, against Leeds, Leeds yeah. Helped obviously now that he is like definitely first choice penalty taken and not Milner. So yeah, I I've got I've got Salah, you've got Salah, pretty much everyone does. Um as you say, he's probably not gonna leave your team unless he completely forgets how to, to finish. Yeah. Uh he was the only time he wasn't in my team last year was when he had COVID because I was on my wild card. So what I did was I just took him out and put him back in the week after. Uh, <laughs> so Nicely played. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think as well, from your point of view, the game has kind of made the decision for you by strangely only pricing Salah 0.5 more than Mane. I think if they left it at a million or, you know, a million and a half or, or a million gap, I think it became, would have become quite interesting. Mm. Uh, but with 0.5 gap, I, I think they've taken that decision away from you. If, if you're thinking logically, I don't see any reason to go Mane. Uh, we we won't know if if Mane's ever going to find his peak again. Like honestly, he was you know obviously really struggled for chunks of last season, and mm. we don't know if we're ever going to see it again. While Salah is obviously every single season, he's I think he's actually scored less goals each season, but it's still getting like twenty twenty odd. So you know it's it it's the consistency is he's a hundred percent worth zero point five more over Mane. It's not even a debate for me. Um. But yeah, in terms of Bruno, um, there was a, a trend on. Tw- I've actually not been on Twitter that much. I've used, preferred to use the um, fantasy football hub. Is is my is just the Sky um, best best place for Sky to go. So that's one I've been using a lot this year for FPL as well. And there, but I did see on on Twitter that there was a Bruno trend trending <laughs> at one point, and I just think it's one of those where don't overcomplicate things. The first four were brilliant. And I know there's like the trend of, you know, he only scores penalties. I think he was still fourth for points from players from open play last year. He was, I think he was behind Bruno, Kane. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, not Bruno. That's himself. Yeah. Salah, Kane and Son. I think they were the only three players that he was behind. So it's not like he's, oh, he scored 95 points if you take out penalties. It was like 199 or something like that. So I think, yeah. you know, it's one of those things just don't overcomplicate it. He's still the talisman. You know, and also he is more expensive than any other midfielder bar Salah. So if you do need, to, you know, if Kevin De Bruyne starts the season on fire, it's quite an easy swap. I mean, the thing is, and people will obviously take the making you know, of Penandes and all that kind of thing, um, but at the same time, it doesn't doesn't matter how it's it's the old Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious thing. It doesn't matter how you 
What's what's he saying in Fast and Fit? Oh, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Have you you've not seen the movie, have you? I know how they go. <laughs> Drive cars fast, let's have a barbecue and a beer at the end. That's I it, mean, yeah, they pretty much nailed it there, yeah. But it's the whole thing. It doesn't matter how he gets the points or it's a penalty or not. He, he gets the points consistently. Uh, as you mentioned, they have uh, four really good fixtures to start the season with. Then it takes a kind of a trip downhill from game week five to uh, game week 13. Uh, sorry, 14 even. Um, and then from pretty much December to March, they've got like an outstanding run. So I can see a lot of people sort of putting triple United in. Um, there is a rumour Ollie's going to play more of a 4 3 3 with, with Bruno a bit deeper. That might affect whether you play him or not. But um, wait, let's wait and see. And as you, as you said, you know, first choice penalty taker. Uh, they love to get penalties with Sancho in the team as well. Now they're only going to get better um, overall. We might do a, a where we, a, a Prem. Like Premier League uh, predictions, like for like the whole table next week. I don't know, but um, I I think they're one of the title favourites. Like genuine, like wasn't like last year. I was like, yeah, they might you know get third. Um, this time I genuinely think they could win it if they're consistent enough. But um, we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, I I I agree. I think all they all that's essential for them now is that uh, hold. I think they'd still either hold a midfielder, um, and then apart from that, yeah, no, I think you're right. So yeah, I I look at City, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea kind of clump them all into one of a of a four that are better than the other others. To be honest, uh, Chelsea's attack is you know quite hard. Havertz has been kicking around, but I mean, apart from that, the attack's not really the best. But so that rules them out. Um, but obviously, it's just Bruno and Salah as well is another thing. It's just the, the, how good they are to captain. You know, the fixtures do correlate quite well for the start of the season. Um, I wouldn't. I personally don't feel that comfortable captaining a, a City player this early on, where we don't really know what's going to happen with them. Um, yeah. I mean, I went then, through. Sorry, I went on. through a phase of captaining Diaz every week. Yeah, uh, which actually had a, a good effect on some occasions because uh, he was at least getting six points. I was like, I was getting consistent twelve points. Uh, every week which was pretty good because my captaincy choices last year were terrible uh, overall yeah. so um and I, i'm gonna continue the trend of captaining defenders for most weeks i think i'm gonna definitely captain trent for against norwich I, um, I was about to say we exclusively at the end of the season were captaining player from the same team it was just i was captaining salah and you were captaining alexander arnold yeah exactly so we, we agreed on the principle we were just doing different players yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, and again, it had some good success. So, again, the the downside of that is, let's say Salah gets uh, a hat trick or whatever, and then everyone else has got double the points than I do. So yeah, there's always the the big risk. Um, you know for sure there's going to be someone who's triple captain Salah just for this um, opening week. Which, <laughs> Loads of people. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? It probably will work. I mean. Sorry, Norwich fans. We know one. Um, you know, but um, who doesn't know one? It's a fair point. There was a Norwich fan at a. I was at Silverstone on the weekend, and there was a Norwich fan there. They're everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm half a Norwich fan. You could say as well. So that's true. It's very true. We we, we are everywhere. Well, we 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I am a Tottenham fan, but I I I am I, um, I do follow Norwich quite closely. I haven't got any of them in my draft. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless it's Billy Gilmore, then then you then you can. But um, actually, as it's, it's, you know, we've got a couple of points on the agenda. One one I wanted to make actually was um, you know how my in my two draft drafts. Uh, one three four three one three five two. Did you notice that the four point five non-player was a very strange one? It was uh, either it was either um, the Watford guy I've just spoken about, uh, Mebude, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or it was Oriol Romeu in the other one. Um, he's that the most was favorite of yours, isn't he? <laughs> he is, but he's only zero point eight percent owned. But that was because last year I got burned by having Keenan Davis uh, as that player, and he was like twenty five percent owned. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that because everyone had the same idea that you did, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's just it's just be careful with it because those players that are so highly owned eventually go down in price. If if you're someone that doesn't want to use a wild card till game week 10, 11 or something. I lost 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 on Keenan Davis or something. Oh, so that, that was the reason why, because the, the lower owned players will be far less sold, obviously. It's just a general rule of thumb. Which is what mm. what put me off owning him again, or Bissouma, or even Gilmore, because he's like eight eight point eight. Because obviously people eventually change the structure of their team, and that means that they get rid of that four and a half. That was just something I wanted to point out, which is why my four and a halfs are uh, four and a half bench fodders are strange choices. Is because they're the lowest owned, or one of the lowest owned. I'm quite glad you mentioned that because yeah, Bissouma's fourteen and a half percent owned. Yeah. Uh, Gilmore, as you said, is eight point eight. Uh, even Obafemi is five point five. So yeah, five point five is not. Too... Keenan Davis must be up at, at least ten percent again. Uh, he... Or, find around that. He's always the most. Po- it's, it's because he's got the most chance of playing the four and a half strikers. That's why. Uh, Davis is eight point two. Okay, still quite that. high. So yeah, um, it's interesting because you want to pick someone who plays just in case there's an injury or whatnot and they have to come in, which is why primarily I've gone Basuma and Gilmore because they're pretty much guaranteed to play. Basuma, yeah. at least. Oh, Femi, not so much. I can't see him getting too many minutes uh, unless Danny Inns leaves, which is a possibility, but I don't think will happen. But yeah, no, since we're on the, the subject of cheap strikers, uh, do you want to talk about the boards uh, a bit more? Uh, we obviously mentioned, you know, Harry Kane is, for many people, the obvious choice. He's you know, probably the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Um, but obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with him and Spurs. Uh, as we record in this, he's in the middle of his, I don't want to call it his strike. <laughs> is that the best, that best way we, to phrase it? I mean, really don't know what's going on. He's coming back into training at the end of the week, apparently. So it's, it's a very strange one. Most of the time, these players either... You know they 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 don't go in and they stay away, right? So it's it's this is a really odd one for me. Even as a even if I was a neutral, I'd find this very strange because I I really don't know what's going on. But it, it based from fancy point of view, it just means he won't be an option till you know game week four or five. I can't see it, regardless of whoever who who he's playing for, because he's not mm. going to move to City for another three four weeks at least if he does. And Tottenham, he won't be fit enough to start the season regardless. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an awkward one. So um let's say we rule let's say we rule Kane out as as an option. Uh you were you you had Tony uh Watkins was it? You had 
so Watkins is my it's either him or Jota, depending on whether I go three five two or three four three. My favourite seven and a half is is one of my old favourites, um, Antonio. Yeah, he's quite a I say he's quite a popular, thirteen percent selective, but yeah, there's he's very appealing, isn't he? Uh, I just love him. You know he, I love him. Yeah, I mean when he plays he always seems to score and get your points. Uh, but obviously it is when he plays and you know, he's so injury prone you just don't know what's gonna happen. Um the other thing that puts me off, and this this goes for like all West Ham players, is they have got Europa League this season. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll wait to see when that starts and who they get drawn against. But you imagine they're going to take that pretty seriously because obviously you don't know if they're going to qualify again this season. So there's going to be a fair bit of rotation, and I imagine they'll want to save Antonio for those big games. Yeah, because surely they're going to buy a striker. He's the only one they've got. You would have thought they would have done it by now. Um, yeah. And he never lasts a season anyway. What, the new striker wouldn't last a season? Sorry. No, and, and so oh, Antonio yeah, just okay. never lasts. He lasts no. like three months max. Yeah, that's that's true. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why I've been a bit different and gone for, for Callum Wilson. Uh, I don't uh, know if you... You probably haven't seen if you've not been on Twitter. Someone put together a thread of, oh, why is... Uh, is 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 Callum Wilson underrated on the game? And it was just retweets from like twenty different accounts saying he was underrated, which basically saying no, he's not underrated on the game. Um, it was people hate awesome. him, don't they? Uh, FPL experts in verticals hate him because he's he's a troll. <laughs> like he, he's he's one of those who just takes he just takes a piss every time. He's like, oh yeah, oh uh, I don't own you. I uh, okay, I'm going to score twice. Oh, I'll, I'll buy Callum Wilson now. I'll get injured. It's, it's basically <laughs> every time. And and that's actually why I actually had a draft at one point with Wilson and Antonio. And I just thought, this is dumb. Because neither of them are reliable. I don't see a problem with having one. But I think two is just you basically already future planned in two tracks. Yeah. I mean, that is the big thing. And obviously, he plays for Newcastle, who yeah, he's just you know, they're not particularly a great side offensively. Uh, but if they score, it tends to be him who does it, which I, is why I'm like, yeah, and they've got half-decent fixtures to start the season with. I don't think he's a bad um, option at all, yeah. Wilson. And as I say, um, 4.9 selected. And if you compare him to um, Watkins, especially, who's 36% selected, yeah. yeah, I think Watkins is probably slightly the better option. But, you know, Wilson's such a good differential at this point. I think you've really got to consider him now. I, I agree. I think as well, didn't Wilson miss the end of the season? He did. Yeah. Through which, injury again. <laughs> which people will just forget he exists, basically. I forgot he existed. Yeah. Exactly. Honestly, I did until I just scrolled through this. I was like, oh, yeah, Callum Wilson. Yeah, I'll, just stick, I'll stick him in the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. People will forget that he was around and when he was fit last season he was I'd be interested to know what his sort of like goals per minute or FPL points per minute was around the seven and a half strikers which obviously there's a lot of um I reckon he's probably quite high up there so and so is Antonio imagine those two are are, are pretty much near the top um but it's too risky to definitely to start with both for sure because they'll both get injured um, yeah. And I agree with you as well. Is I think Watkins is probably a better option than Antonio and Wilson. It's just that 
part of it is I've got Buendia, um, you know, and there's I've already got quite a few double ups in there, um, and as well as just Watkins has annoyed me in the past. He's basically my Callum Wilson. I, I the, he was so unlucky last year when I owned him with, with like you know being offside by his shin and stuff like that. So. But I don't think he's a he's a bad. I think he probably is the best seven and a half striker at least for the start of the season. Um, but obviously, if I go three four three, he's in. If I go to three five two, then Jota, he's not. But there's so many seven and a halves. I I, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to rank them or or what. But there's so I, many seven and a half strikers. I, I was gonna say it's an intriguing uh, battle, I guess, uh, between the seven and a halves and even the eights as well, because you've got. Uh, if you extend it to eight, you've got Bamford and Calvert-Lewin in there. Calvert-Lewin, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? Tony, obviously, we've both got. I think, like, most people just put him in because they just want to see how he gets on. Reminds it's me the price when, as well. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of when uh, Pookie came in for the first time. And I was like, oh, yeah. can, can he replicate his form? And he did for about five weeks and then forgot how to shoot. And Norwich just became crap. But there you go. Um, I... I think that Tony's. I actually didn't want really want to start with Tony to be honest, but the price is another one where the price pushed me into starting with him because I think around his price point, he's the best one by by quite by far, really. Mm. I don't oh, want to yeah. start with Neil, Neil Mope. Um, you know, obviously I don't want to start with Danny Welbeck. You know, I don't want to start with Pookie to be honest because uh, Pookie's not getting any younger. He's he's. I think he's on the decline anyway. Um. Mm. You know, so the only one that I would say if you've got an extra point five is Chris Woods kind of got under the radar, but um, he started last season quite poorly and it seems to be his trend starting poorly and ending well. So that might have put some people off. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, for, for me personally, if you just said you need to pick, you have a fancy team of three, seven and a half strikers or, you know, that sort of price range. I think Watkins is one for me. Probably Antonio then. Um, and then I think Calvert Lewin. They'd be my top three if you talk price range. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean that's if you want to go to some like really different ones. Um, you obviously got both Iniacho and Daka for Leicester. Um, yeah. Daka's could be a very in- intriguing prospect, but again, I don't know how Leicester. He's a wait and see. Yeah, he is. Um, Jimenez obviously back now from his quite bad injury. Again, don't know if he's going to be the same kind of player. Uh, did score the other day, not that it means very much. But... He did, and that was nice to see. Actually, as a it's a very heartwarming moment uh, for him. Um, if you really want to risk Danny Inns or Che Adams, but they're not the most reliable of options to go for. Someone who I I, I think is quite in, in, interesting is uh, Tammy Abraham, but that depends yeah. solely if he gets his move away. Um, yeah. he'll do well at West Ham if they. I'm not sure if they're interested in him or not. Um, if if he gets a if he gets a move, I think he will be up. He should be up in towards like Watkins' ownership territory. If if he if he got his move to, I think it was Arsenal, wasn't it? Arsenal, Arsenal were mooted for him, which makes no sense to me. If <laughs> Arsenal spent like forty million on Tabby Abraham, he is going to play, like straight sure, away. Yeah, but it's so like straight away he's oh yeah, yeah. I'll have him immediately. Yeah. So no, you are right. He might be. Your uh, Martinez of um, last year, where you, you put Martinez yeah. in, literally because you knew he was going to move. Yeah. He well, was I did. an Arsenal player, wasn't he? He, oh no, did he move? I don't 
Did he move before or not? Or I'm going. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I think he. Moved. I think he moved just before it start. The Premier League started. It was really tight, wasn't it? But it was you like, were, Yeah. You were basically like the person on the, I knew like, who owned like it. On the Friday, and then he played on the Sunday or something yeah. stupid like that. It, yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did the same with Brian Brewster, and then he moved to Sheffield <laughs> and I instantly took him out because I was like, no, <laughs> any other team, yes, but no, not Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then if, you, if you're if you really feeling brave, um, my boy Benteke, uh, 6.5. Yeah, um, that's brave. I'm not sure Vieira, it seems as if Vieira's playing, he's looking to play some, some sort of proactive football. Yeah, I still I'm imagine, sure. I still imagine he'd be first choice given the other options of Mateta, uh, are you or any of the youngsters we've got? Um, but you know he, he's a differential. You never know. He hasn't actually. He's only just gone back from um, from obviously playing in the Euros. So yeah, or not, he's not or not. It's, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, another one who's quite interesting. Just noticed him here. Um, Saint Maximan obviously been moved up to forward. Yeah, that's odd. From that. midfielder. Yeah, a bit of a weird one, especially if like Zahar is staying as a. As a uh, as a midfielder, it's it's um, going to be, but because Wilson was injured at the end of the season, Sam Maxman played the last like five games up front with Joel Linton. Yeah, that that would be why uh, they mm. they tend to only kind of do it of the last few games, which is why Dallas is a mid because I think Dallas probably played a similar amount of games at left back than in midfield, but it just so happened yeah. that he played the last like ten games in midfield, which is why I think he is now a midfielder. I think that's how they do it. Yeah. So, but it just makes it uh, ASM. Unselectable. <laughs> Who are Dallas? Uh, no, uh, Sam Maximan. Oh, sorry, Sam Maximan. Yeah, I mean he's still a good player, but yeah, there's there's, there's better options out there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Especially Tony, um, same price. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll wait to see if Ivan Tony can deliver the goods in the Premier League. I'm very intrigued to see what happens there. Um, but as we discussed, you know, if he doesn't work out, then I can make a quick switch to Antonio or Calvert-Lewin or whoever now. Yeah, I I I don't like to start with these players because I've been burned by it. like Mitrovic last year was very highly owned and didn't even start game week one. Um, Mitrovic had form at least from the Premier. Like we we had seen him in the Premier League before and he'd been like okay. You know, this is the thing like people aren't you know chucking Pookie in their teams because they've seen him before. Like Tony's a completely new animal in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it it feels different now. I feel like I know he's at high ownership, but at this time I actually think Tony is value compared to the options around him for that price. While Mitrovic, I could have had like Che Adams last year or or someone like that. There was a lot of like six six and a halfs last last time, and Mitrovic was one of them, and he was one I went with, and it was a mistake. I feel like Tony is at genuinely the best value asset in that price range this time, which is why I've got him. Um, I think quite a lot of people have said I've been burned so many times by new sh- cheap strikers, but this time Tony is the best one, and I think there's a decent chance he's going to do well. So, I think he's a little—I mean, famous last words—but I think he's a slightly different case. I don't actually have too many reservations about starting with him. Yeah, it should, it should be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how Brentford get on. I think a lot of people have them down to get relegated. Could go either way, to be honest. Not really sure how that's going to uh, pan out. Um, quick note on uh, the defenders, like the 4.5 and the 5s. 
Uh, I know you're quite curious about my thoughts on a certain Brighton defender. Um, <laughs> and Villa. And Villa as well, yes. Uh, yeah, far away. What, what's, what are you thinking? Um, so obviously there's so many fives this, uh, sorry, so many four and a halves this year. Um, the three that I've got, uh, Loughton, um, you know, there's, there's so many, I can't even begin to name them all. So I was, you know, wondering your thoughts on having Lewis Dunk, who's five, uh, or Matty Cash or Matt Target's five, I believe. Yeah. Um, like, I'm leaning towards that point five isn't worth it above the four point five. I just wondered what you thought. Uh, it, it's it's interesting, obviously. You know, I I don't like Lewis Dunk as a player, so I've got to try and put that aside. Um, it's difficult. Brighton are defensively pretty good. Uh, what was it? Uh, 11, 12 clean sheets last uh, last year. Once they got their act together. Yeah. Um, losing Ben White is a big uh, miss for them, I think. But they should still do well enough defensively. It dunks in. I. Yeah, he gets the goal every now and again, but he also gets a red card every now and again. <laughs> uh, you, you just you, he's a bit he's a very unpredictable player. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, yeah, I think if you want to go for him, fine, because you know, again he's a nailed-on starter. Obviously, he's club captain and all that. So you know, and we'll we'll talk about more of this when we do Sky. I'm sure he gets a lot of passes as well, which I know helps. He's in uh, one of my Sky teams, yeah, because he's, yeah. he's just adorable. Yeah, so I would definitely uh, have him in, like, Sky, FPL. I'm not quite uh, sure about that. As for the Villa ones, we did this on our, our Twitter thread uh, when we were talking about them. Um, all, like, four of them, uh, Cash, Mins, Conza, and Target, are all the same price. Yeah. And to be honest, they're all, I think, going to get around the same amount of points. I know Cash got a lot less than the other three. Uh, last season, injury, he? Uh, but then again, yes, he played a he played a thousand less minutes than the other three. Okay. Um, so ultimately, I think if you're going to go for any of them, just go for one of them because there's not really you're not going to get more than six points really unless they get a goal or an assist, which is going to be a bit of a rarity. Um, like, Target had a good run of form when I bought him in, but say, yeah, can he rep? Can, that's not going to be consistent enough, I think, to justify it. I was going to say Target seems to do all right in terms of the attacking returns last year, but he didn't. Um, I, I didn't feel like it was something that is going to be continued long term. I think he's going to be a solid Premier League player, but I don't think he's. He must have got five, six assists last year. Uh, I want to say four. So yeah, I've uh, heard this it's not bad. Yeah. I, not... I think Cash is is better long term. If I was going to start with him, I think I'd start with Cash. This year, I, think, I, I I don't think it's worth the zero point five over the all the other options out there. No, but I think the the appealing thing is was two appealing things about particularly about cash and cons is they're not well owned, uh, especially compared to target and min. So if you are going to go for any of them, go for uh, cash or conza. Uh, I'm amazed that more people are going for mins than conza, but there you go. Um, probably probably attacking threat. Mings does get the odd goal, but I. I True. They're all they're all the same price. There's no way I'm going for one yeah. centre backs above the yeah. fullback. It all depends on how much you rate the Villa defence as well. Are they going to do what they did last year? Is Martinez going to be as good as he was last year? Um, no reason to say he won't be. Um, you know he's now Argentina's first wow. choice 
Like, wow, what was that whale for? It was a mistake. I thought it said Matt Target got nine assists. That's nine assists in his Premier League career. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but I say, how did he get nine assists last season? We didn't hear about it. Um, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously Martinez, you know, they had the odd game where they conceded like two or three expected goals, but they still kept the clean sheet because Martinez had made nine saves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I think I I mean I, I, we're agreeing with each other. I don't think the Villa defense is worth it unless it's Martinez. Here's something I don't know why this is coming to my head. Here's something interesting I learned today. Um, all the talk about Dallas being really creative. Um, apparently, like Luke Hayden was actually more creative than he was last season. Um, I. But only just. But like it's some. It was something like I can't remember what it is now. He was he he had, he he edged him for like chances created and expected assists. So. I, I... I have no idea how Ailing got no goals, no assists. He did have the ball in the net, actually, at one point, and it was disallowed. Um, I think he's a, yeah, I think he's underpriced at four and a half. I think, I think you're right. Um, it's just that the actual date, the actual um, objective stats and goals and assists weren't there last year. I think they will be. And and oh, don't forget, he played a large chunk of the season at centre back because of injuries. Mm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think Ailing's a great option. Um, yeah, it, potential. it was on uh, Fantasy Football Hub, um, which obviously you've introduced me to. Uh, it said that his expected points last season was 166, um, which is obviously fantastic. Um, and would have been he would have been the top scoring defender if that was the case. Um, he only got 100, yeah. So, like, I'm not a big fan of expected goals and stuff like that, I'm quite anti it to be perfectly honest. But um, let's just say he actually did, you know, perform to what he he should have done. Um, then he at four point five he could again he could be the new Dallas basically. So you know, yeah. I I know as as well. I I I believe it's obviously that's going back a couple of years now. But I think in the championship when both Ailing and Dallas played fullback, I think Ailing was better in terms of attacking returns. It was just when Dallas got pushed up into midfield, he got you know a few goals as he did last year. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I and I started the season with Ailing above Dallas last year. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's like quite overpriced. I'd rather, uh, this is me personally, I would rather have Luke Ailing than Fafana, for example, just because four and a half, you actually are getting some good attacking potential. Ignore the zero goals, zero assists. That what else can you ask for from a four and a half player? Um, mm. Question I had: You mentioned your thoughts on this earlier. Are we sure for father is nailed on? Uh yeah. Why? Why wouldn't he be? It just seems to be me who has this thought that if they go to four in the back, four at the back, why can't it be Evans and Soyuncu? I mean, that's true. I mean, I think we're, there's going to be rotation. They've got uh, Europa League again to contend with. But um, I mean, I think it was helped last year that Soyuncu was injured for half the season. Yeah. Um, but uh, I. A lot of people talk about like Pep Roulette and I tried to like make Tuchel Tombola rip in. It hasn't quite uh, kicked off yet. Um, but like Leicester and Rogers are equally uh, bad for it. And just in terms of formation, I find like one week they're a 4 2 3 1, the next they're a 4 4 2, and the next they're a, like a 3 5 2, uh, you know, like or a 4 1 4 1. It, it completely changes uh, like every week, it seems, and there's no like pattern to it. But um, 
I think I think he's nailed. If, if again, they've not got great fixtures from like game week four to twelve. Uh, they're a bit patchy, so I'm happy to rotate him. Uh, and so, so this is why yeah. I want to bring in a slightly better midfielder, uh, so I can you know rotate maybe if he does get benched. But um, you know, I think I think he's okay again for four point five. Like for someone who is probably going to get a lot of points. I think you've got to keep him in, really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. I think so. Yeah. I, I think that um, he's one of those sort of cheat codes where you look at your back three for the week and it's Trent, Fafana, and Diaz, and you kind of think, oh, it's an all premium defense. Do you, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, I, I think that the value is too much for me to ignore starting, uh, to ignore him, especially with you know that's quite a nice rotation I've found here with my three. 4.5 but it's just I, I I've never seen anyone consider that he might not be 100% rotation proof yeah um but it remains to be seen because they only they the personnel they had meant they were basically forced into a back three at the end of the year they didn't really have the players to play the four um but yeah as you say it, it's not he's not going to be someone who you have to start every week who makes it a lot easier for him to be in your team even with those fears. So, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, mm. Yeah, are, are you in agreement of Fafana, White and Ailing as your favourite four and a half? Or have you got anyone uh, White's definitely in there. Ailing, I'm really considering putting in the team now. I might have to take Luke Shaw out. Um, but then I'll be I'm copying got, I'm you going. Too Friend of the podcast, Luke Shaw. Um, Friend of the podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's a... That was a very popular pick. Obviously, he had a great season last season, but whether he can replicate that again, I don't know. And at 5.5, I'm starting to think there are better options out there. Um, a few injury niggles as well. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what price uh, Varane comes in at uh, when he eventually uh, joins. Five and a half but, as well, um, I would imagine. Same yeah. as Maguire. Mm. So um, um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I can see United being even more defensively sound this season. But um, yeah. Whether that's enough, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's, just, I mean, there's plenty of four point fives. As, as I say, look at our Twitter account; we keep posting about them all the time. Um, yeah, Mitchell for Palace is an interesting one. I think nailed on the start. Um, yeah. Anderson and Gwehi. Again, we don't know how Palace are going to do defensively. Um, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Kriate um, as well has the potential to be a, a Dallas Ludson type. Because even though he's a defender, he's going to play midfield now. Yeah. Um, so again, he hasn't got that many goal involvements for us. Um, I think he's got six in his three years with us, which isn't great. Okay. Um, but again, he was playing as a centre back all of last season. One final note, because we are kind of running out of time here. We both got Rafinha for six point five. Again, another friend of the podcast who we like. I was wondering, could Jack Harrison be a better option? He could. I don't think he is. But he, Cause yeah. Because he, yeah, he actually scored more points last season and is cheaper. He did play more, I think. True. Uh, but again, that's because Rafinha has an occasional injury, I want to say. Yeah, and, and uh, joined up. And he, he only started in like, I was, it was a, he started against Everton, I remember, and, and scored. That was like gaming eight or something. That was his first proper. Oh, okay. Like, um, 
because at the start of the season it was it was hit, uh, Harrison held Acosta for quite a while. Mm. Um, but um, I think so. I think there's merit in it if you need to save that zero point five. But I think I would rather go Rafinha. Regard. I mean, we've we've both got him, so he must be better. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think I think there's definite merit in it. It's just I think Rafinha is is better player. Um, and in terms of attacking returns, I I would prefer Rafinha. Uh, have you got Buendia? I have not. I'm not sold on him uh, at Oof. all. Never uh, seen I him know... play, have you? I don't watch, don't watch the championship, so there you go. Uh, no, he's played yeah. play prem, if you can call it that. Uh, well, that's the third, I, that's my third dig at Norwich. Uh, this podcast. I, I don't know the exact, but I believe he got like one goal, nine assists, or something last time in the Premier League. When dear, it wasn't bad. Um, I, I'm not sold on him yet. Like, I don't, I'm not sold on Villa as a whole for some reason. I don't know how they're going to do. They're making great transfers. Obviously, Buendia, Leon Bailey's coming in. Um, Grealish may or may not go. We don't know. But um, I, I don't know. I'm not What's his 6.5, is he? Um, yes. One goal, seven assists. It was uh, two seasons ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I might, I'm might. i going to probably get in another six and a half midfielder. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely in consideration for that. Uh, but um don't know we'll, we'll wait and see um obviously you know a lot can change uh, in the next one and a bit weeks uh, which is kind of scary that that's when the season's starting but uh, is, there you yeah. go yeah yeah but, um, um just before we um finish up one thing we haven't mentioned who's your goalkeepers again uh Guaita and Ariola, but that is likely to change okay yeah. um sanchez is a lock for me which is putting me off dunk um, because I think four and a half is just a bit of a joke for how many clean sheets they kept, regardless of the lack of save points. Backman, I'm not really too sold on, but he rotates well. Um, mm. Guaita, I think, is one that people are ignoring, who could be good. I I think that's because of fixtures. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to get that many save points. Um, frank, quite frankly, um, because he makes great saves. Don't get me wrong, but like. Often, like especially the case last year, like we just kept giving away goals for fun. Uh, not his fault, really. Just our defense wasn't up to it last season. Um, Melier is someone I'm considering as well, actually. Uh, especially if I don't go for Alien, I think he's actually pretty good. He got a lot of saves as well last season. I forgot how many he made. Yeah, um, Martinez is the obvious pick for most people at five point five. I think that's too much for a keeper. Yeah, start I the think, season with yeah. I think if you go for a pre, if you go for a, a five point five or a six keeper, then you just go for a, a Ben Foster who's at four million. I agree. You rotate. Um, so yeah, you either go for two decent ones or one like elite one, basically. Um, but that's yeah. just, I think most people know that by now. When it comes yeah. To I, another point is we'll just finish up on is why a reason why I've gone for two keepers again. Is that there's always one really good value keeper. Obviously, Martinez was an insane value last year. That won't happen every time. Um, but if you have two of them, you give yourself one extra shot at getting that amazing four and a half goalkeeper at the start. Mm. Um, true. true. And obviously, last year I just I started to fall in love a little bit with rotating keepers. It's just a nice buffer. And also, if you want to play your bench boost at any point, you know, you just look at your bench one week and think, "Wow, that's an amazing bench." 
you can. Um, that was another reason why is because, you know, but or otherwise you'd have to make a goalkeeper transfer, or if you want to play a bench boost in a double game week, but you don't have a wild card, you know, you'll have two keepers. You don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. So that that's just why I think it makes more sense to start with two these days. And uh, if your keeper gets points on the bench, you own them. So you know, it, at least you own them. It's, uh, for me, owning someone with big points on the bench is is in in ways better than not owning them and they get big points because you already have them, so you can use them. So yeah, that's just the point that I think we've come come to fall in love a bit with rotating keepers, haven't we? Yeah, to a degree. When as I said last year, I had Martinez from the beginning, didn't need to rotate him. Uh, yeah. Turned but in pre, but yes, I I subscribe to the rotating keepers, um, provided they're cheap enough to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we are going to end the podcast here. Decent, decent first episode. Uh, obviously, still a lot can change. We'll keep you guys up to date uh, on social media about uh, how our teams end up looking. Uh, will Jack finally see the error of his ways and go to a back five? Probably not. But uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Will I have Christian Romero in my team this time next week? No. Could be. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never hey, you never know. You never know. If you beat City in the first game, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is finally your year. Harry Kane leaves and we win the league. Funny, <laughs> oh, be the be like uh, when Slatan moved to uh, Barcelona and then back to Inter Milan. He just missed out on the Champions League here for three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that will wrap up the pod. Go follow us on Twitter at BusParkingFPL. Next week, uh, Sky Fantasy Football for the first time. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think, I hope. I've not got a clue what I'm doing. Jack does. So we'll wait and see. Uh, Any final thoughts from you, Jack? I'm really looking forward to this podcast next week. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right, then. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, For now, though, it's bye-bye from me. Bye from me as well. See you next week. Bye-bye.